This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm sure you've all heard of sunk cost fallacy, this idea that sometimes you put so much money into something that you're like, I got to keep putting money into it because otherwise I will have wasted all this money. Jane Austen in one of her letters talked about it with a dress. She's like, oh, I've already spent so much money altering this dress that I have to keep throwing money at altering the dress until it's wearable. So this is a feeling that we all know well. Maybe I can save this dish by salting it more and then it's over salted, whatever it is. And this is what Shannon is dealing with today. Shannon is wondering if on a literal business level, she has sunk costs into something and it is time to cut the line on this or whether throwing a little bit more effort into her baking business will make all of the difference and she can finally break through to the other side and make a living wage and save the baking industry. I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is Should I Quit from The Real Question. Hi, Shannon. Hi. Okay, so you're a baker professionally. I am a highly amateur, but quite passionate baker. What is one piece of advice that you have for beginner bakers? Like this is something you always do wrong. Well, first of all, do away with cups if you can. Just weigh everything out. It is so much more precise. But the people who do the mounding. Yes. No, we're not no here mounding. We need to take our knife and just like level that right off. So this is why we want to do away with that whole nonsense situation. We want weight. We love weight. And we love grams. They're more precise than ounces. Okay. So your advice is everyone buy a kitchen scale. Absolutely. Get a kitchen scale. I mean, a digital one would be great. But the first time I was in a bakery, I had one of the like justice looking ones that was a balance scale. A nightmare to set up. But they're so cool and fun. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what brought you here today. So I have 
a small business that I have been involved with since 2013. I was one of the first employees at this business and I worked there for several years while I put myself through pastry school. And then when the owner decided that she wanted to sell the business to focus on other things, she sold it to me in 2018. So it was great. We're thriving. We're happy. We're bumping along. Pandemic hits. Woof. Mm -hmm. Somehow we got through it with very, very minimal assistance, very little Mm -hmm. grant money or any of that. But now we're at the point where we're just barely limping by. I have to leave my current shop space. Mm. And I'm just questioning whether I keep limping by and hopefully maybe ride out this now recession, still reeling from COVID a little bit and try to just wait it out. Or do I switch gears and try to do something else? Tell me about this business. You're a baker, but what is your small business? Yes, it's called Sweet Lydia's. And actually, it's a confectionery. Oh. So we make handcrafted candies, chocolates, caramels, toffee, all that kind of stuff. So Shannon, how much of this is just like a practical question of like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this work. Should I go sunk cost on this and just quit now and start planning for the next thing? Or how much of this is an emotional, like, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. Even if I think in six months we'll be back up and running, like, this is too hard and I don't like it. I think most of it is practical. And in it being practical, then it kind of switches over to emotional. Because in the practicality of I can't afford to pay my bills, then it gets a little emotional of... Really? That's emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And I also just like, I put so much into the business even before I owned it. So it's a little bit like emotional in the way of, am I like a failure for not being to make this work? Or am I failing my predecessor or my industry by not being able to take the business to that next level where I then could be able to afford to pay somebody a living wage and help to try to change the industry in that way. But most of it, I think, is technical of like, if I move, my rent's going to go up and and got to pay my bills, got to pay the shop's bills, got to. And then all that gets really emotional quickly. Sorry, explain to me what the moving is if you move locations. Yeah. So my current shop location is being converted to residential. So I got to go. So if I go to another location, I would either have to build out a kitchen, which would be incredibly expensive, money I don't have, or my rent would increase because it's going to be a bigger space. It's going to have more things. And I can barely afford to pay my rent now. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I would just like to spend a minute and and dispel this myth that you are failing your industry. The industry is failing you. And we live in a country where social systems are not set up to support us. And therefore, you don't have universal health care, which would allow for small businesses to thrive. You don't have rent control, which would allow small businesses to thrive. You don't have zoning for commercial versus residential areas the way that you should. This is 
so many systems, even outside of your industry, just like cultural. And then on top of all of that, there's COVID and a recession and like inflation where like suddenly I would imagine that uh, like milk is more expensive. So I would imagine all baking ingredients are a lot more expensive. And yet people are poorer. So they're not buying things like confections. This is super not your doing at all that you are in this place. No, I appreciate that. There's like a myth among the people who are not small business owners that if you own a business, especially after COVID, it doesn't feel like you can use it as much of an, as an excuse to close. And then after that, it's like, well, there must be something wrong with the owner if they had to close. And so that's why I kind of feel that way most times. Yeah, but that is like a Republican myth. In 10 years, it's going to be so clear to us that COVID was still happening now. If you decide to close your business, it will be because of COVID. So what I'm hearing is, and this is super fun for me, I went to business school. I love a spreadsheet. Let's figure out if on a practical level, the world is set up for you to run this small business while simultaneously dispelling the myth that if it's not in your future to keep running this small business, it is not your fault. So those are our tasks. Should you keep going? Let's figure it out. So you find a new space, right? And it is 50% more expensive. What do you do to make more revenue to make that possible? The biggest thing that I've been thinking is that if I'm going to if I'm going to open in my new space, I'm going to throw everything I have at it. So like all of my own recipes, plus all the old recipes from the confectionery, we're going to go straight up bakery confectionery situation. It's happening. Great. The biggest thing that I was thinking is to add things that people can then buy on the daily so that it's not, it's less of a treat. If you buy Mm -hmm. bread every day, it feels more practical than buying a chocolate once a month. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking of doing things like that. The only thing that has been getting me again with the COVID thing is that our downtown is still so quiet when it comes to foot traffic. It gets a little murky. Okay, so you are adding cakes and bread and coffee to your confectionery. What time are you waking up? Is this doable? I mean, I work 14 hours a day now. So I mean, just making that earlier (laughs) would be easy, easy for me. Would you have to start working 16 hours a day? I don't understand. I mean, if I'm already working 14, what's two more? I don't know. Sleep. That (laughs) seems like an important two. Well, I'm heading into my first holiday season this year alone as the sole person to make all of the things. And in the years that I had just one employee, I was already working 90 hour weeks. But I am of the mind that I can do anything for a short period of time. So if I knew that like for six months, I'm going to have to work 14 hour days, 16 hour days, and then I can hire one employee. So that'll take me down to 70 hour weeks. Mm -hmm. I would be stoked on that. It's the fact that I don't have that kind of guarantee that that's going to work out. That has me scared. And I guess they think even systematic problem that I feel like I don't have any control over is that Lowell is 
a gateway city. Mm -hmm. So people say, oh, like, oh, it's so dangerous. Why would I ever go there? Whatever. It's really not. It's super cute. I love Lowell. It's super walkable and parking is really cheap. Like, I would love for people to just come more to Lowell, but they don't. So a lot of the people who I talk to, other small business owners, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking of moving to this other storefront. They're like, why would you ever stay in Lowell? Nobody's going to come to your business because they won't come to Lowell. But like, this is my home and I don't really want to move to another city. No, and Lowell's awesome. It's where my kids were born and it has the Looming Museum. Everyone go to Lowell (laughs) and a great bakery. So if you were like, I'm not finding a new place, like I'm going to use this this like very natural moment of not failing, but closing because my great space has been taken from me because zoning issues aren't protected. What would you do instead? How are you paying your bills that you can't quite afford to pay right now? Yeah, that's my big question because from a practical standpoint, I don't feel like I could have a job outside of the industry. I've worked in the industry since I was like 14 years old. So it's been over 10 years now. And it just doesn't seem like for the way my brain works and the way that I'm not a person who can sit at a computer all day. I don't have any technical skills. (laughs) I don't feel like I would be able to thrive in a different working environment that I have now. And working in a kitchen is probably one of the like worst jobs you can ever have if you want to make a living wage, which is a big reason why I don't have employees. Because if I can't pay myself a living wage, I'm not going to try to entice somebody else to come work for me at not a living wage. So the only jobs that I could like leave and then go pursue, I'd have the same problems anyway. Mm -hmm. So I guess the only real thing that I could see for myself is then just being a teacher of baking and pastry. So like at a technical school or something, Mm -hmm. which I feel like would be really fun. I could see myself as a teacher, but then I would also feel bad like, promoting a disenfranchising business to young people. (laughs) There are other jobs, though, right? You're young. And even if you were 10 years older, I would say this to you. There are other jobs. There are other careers that you would thrive in. And I promise you. Are you like, but I don't want to? I don't know that I wouldn't want to. I think that I just can't visualize myself doing anything else and being good at it. Like you'd probably be a great nurse. That's like multitasking and like a bunch of different things. You're not in front of a computer. You're right. Like, I don't know. But that would then also require training, which I don't have the money to do. Yeah, no, totally. Paying off the student loans from the pastry school. No, I feel you. Believe me. I'm just thinking about jobs without screens. So I'm like, you'd be such a good elementary school teacher. Well, that was why, like, I have a friend who is a guidance counselor at a technical school. And she's Mm -hmm. like, come run the bakery here. Like, not that it would be easy. Like, they don't even have a job posting for that. So it's definitely something I would have to advocate for. But then I'm also just signing up for, like, a pedagogical... Like I listen to you on Harry Potter and the Sacred Text talk about bad pedagogy all the time. And I see that so much in school. So I'm just like, okay, I go from like, you know, one sort of systematic issue to another systematic issue. And am I really like progressing or am I just giving up one situation for the same situation? 
But w- would you make a living wage at that other job where you would be reifying the horrible norms and, you know, be part of the system that was oppressing people? I mean, I don't think I would be in danger of losing my house, which is nice. Yes, that is so <laughs> nice. So I I think one of the problems here is that you put yourself under so much pressure that you think that you need to be revolutionizing the baking industry while having a bakery and that you don't even want to become a teacher because you don't see the ways that you could be doing pedagogy in a way that completely upends the way that teaching pastry currently is. Because you have permission to be at a, a beginner at things and you have permission to find little ways of resisting, of like being slightly kinder to your students than your teachers were to you, right? Like it doesn't have to be big revolution. Is that really what's keeping you from being a teacher is like, I would just be part of the problem? Part of it. Like I didn't know what I wanted to do until I went to a technical school and then I found baking and now I'm here. Even when I was going to a technical school, one of my friends was on her co-op job and got a frying pan thrown at her at 18 years old. Like, that's just the reality of the industry. And so I'm like, if I sign myself up to be a teacher and show all of these students like what there is to love about baking, there's so much to love, but the jobs where you can actually make a living wage or where you won't get things thrown at you or get screamed at or have to work long, long hours on holidays, weekends. The environment is not great. And I I think I would rather be a part of like be the person who offers the good job than yeah. teach to a certain extent and be like, good luck to you. But it just, like we said, isn't sustainable currently, at least. I think that we we put so much pressure on ourselves to only do things if we can do them sort of perfectly. And you have to pay your rent. You're not going to be helping anyone and offering anyone a job if you can't pay your rent. Okay, so it feels like we've offered sort of three options, three mentalities as to why it's okay for you to quit. One, you're not failing an industry, right? Like, The world is failing us all. And like our country in particular is failing us all in this way. Like the middle class is dead and our complaints are justified and this is hot nonsense, but it's not you. Two is I don't think that you're as trapped as you think you are, even in kitchen-based work, but that is me projecting. And so we can a little bit ignore that one. But the third way out is that you don't have to be perfect at your next job. It's not up to you to to fix the baking industry. And so you can just teach and teach beautifully and see where it leads and teach for a few years and like see, right? But then the other thing that you can do is not quit with any of those reasons in mind, but double down and take this risk. And you said that you are someone who can do something hard for a limited amount of time. And so you could try for one year for the amount of time of a lease. 
and be like, I will either have a successful bakery or be mostly dead. And we'll know for sure then, but like it's one year. So those are sort of the two options that I see. Thoughts? I guess I wonder whether I could a little bit have it both ways. Like if I could have my one year deadline of I'm going to try for one year, but then while I'm trying for one year, I like get certified as a teacher to like have my backup plan going. With all your extra time. Right. I know. Well, that's why I'm like, is that too much? (laughs) Because I feel, I think that if I'm going to give up my all, I have to give up my all. But then if it doesn't work out, then it's kind of like I'm still here. And I still have to pay my bills. Right. How much work is it to get certified? I needed to take a test. Okay. Okay. So not a ton of work. No. And so that could be part of your one-year plan. Yeah. Okay. How does that option sound? It's, it sounds, yeah, I get so stuck because it sounds so good. But then I'm like, if I have this like escape plan, then am I really giving it my all? Oh my God. You're so hard on yourself. <laughs> yes, it would still count as you giving it your all. That would be like saying, I'm keeping extra batteries in the house. Is that me not believing in the electrical grid? Like, how do we unprogram you for that? Just yes, Yes. Shannon, that would still count. You got to give yourself a little bit of a break. The thing to quit is how hard you are on yourself. Like, you're allowed help. You're allowed breaks. And maybe you can't take them for a year, but like you're allowed a safety net. What you're about to do is like super dangerous acrobatics and the world is not giving you a net. And you're like, well, is the fact that I have a spotter cheating? Like, no, the fact that there isn't a net is what is the problem. Yeah, that is definitely like, a trait of the business too of like unless you're working 60 hour weeks are you really a baker are you really a chef it's just at a minimum it's just the environment that we are all in right whereas the answer is if you bake a cake then you're a baker absolutely so it sounds like what we vaguely think is that you're gonna try this for a year but that you're going to super hold on and I am going to help you to the fact that if at the end of this year you decide you can't do it, it is not your failure. Yes. <laughs> You're like, yes, yes, ma'am. Please stop yelling at me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like not your failure. This is just not your failure. And we're going to do everything we can to make this year successful. Yes. Absolutely. Give it its all. And all includes becoming certified as a teacher. And we're going to check in. Yes. That sounds good. I can live with that. Okay. And I'm so excited for you. I love cakes. I love making them. They're fun. And I am looking at your website right now. And I can't get over how good everything looks. And I'm clicking on shop for my Hanukkah presents. Yay. 
Shannon, I'm so sorry that the world is not rising up to meet you. You are amazing and you deserve a better world. Appreciate it. Okay, everyone. So Shannon has left us and I can't tell you, you probably could hear it, how riled up I am about this. And the fact that like our world is so broken that someone who creates something so beautiful and is so hardworking can't somehow make it work. And part of this is that we as a community need to support people like this, unfortunately. And so we are going to put together a little fundraiser So Shannon's rent is going up from $1,200 a month to $3,000 a month, which is an $1,800 a month difference. I would like to make the first quarter easier for Shannon, which means raising $5,400 to make up the difference in that rent. If you want to buy from Sweet Lydia's, that is a great way to support Shannon. If you want to donate to this fundraiser that we are putting together for her, That is a great way to get money to Shannon. You can do either of these things, but I really do want us to push so that Shannon has the very best chance at this organization existing. So if you can give $2, $5, $500, every little bit will help. And hopefully we can get there for Shannon. And Venmo us at Not Sorry Productions. And we'll be keeping you posted and we'll make sure that Shannon gets the money. You've been listening to The Real Question. 99% of our money comes from you all. So please support us on patreon.com slash realquestionpod. And if you're a regular listener, we would love your support. Another way that you can support the show is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at RealQuestionPod and Twitter at TheRealQPod. Thank you so much, as always, to our BFF tier patrons who make this whole thing possible. Molly Real, Laura Lorber, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Stephanie Federwish, Biddy, and Ari. We are a Not Sorry production. Ariana Nettleman does everything possible to make this listenable, and we love her. Our music is by Nick Bull. We're distributed by Acast. A special thanks to Shannon for joining us. And to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Mickey Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Uramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Willison, Courtney Brown, Casper Kyle, and Stephanie Paulsell. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.